Zone World. My guest this week is Kevin Sherry. I gotta say, my man was a real class act. He um, came through with a copy of the book, his newest book for me, and a framed print, which is a real classy move. Um, I thought it was a real tight interview. One announcement before we begin the Wraparound Robin tour. Starts this Friday. It's a 60-day tour. Pasolacqua, P.T. Burnham, Easy Jackson, Be Rich. I've been working on it, like, every second for the past six months. And my tour mates have as well. And it's finally starting this Friday. I don't even know what to say. Just... Come out. First show is in Baltimore at the Crown. Um, we're going everywhere there is to go in the U.S. And I hope you make it out. The artwork this week, as always, is by Mike Riley. Check him out at MikeRileyComics.com. And this is another episode being hosted by SpliceToday.com. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Uh, I grew up in South Jersey, like uh, pretty cl- pretty close to Philadelphia. What town? Uh, is like Blackwood, Turnersville, oh, okay. New Jersey. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought I was Italian until I was like fourteen or fifteen years old. I'm not <laughs> Italian at all, but uh, it's I grew up Italian? around. It's all Italian down there. Yeah, mm. yeah. we and we went to uh, down down the shore every summer. Oh, we yeah. Wildwood, Ocean City. And what kind of like kid were you? Oh, um, I mean, I got really good grades. I didn't. Um, uh, I I got really good grades. I was on the uh, track team. Yeah. I got like twelve varsity letters. I was like a cross country runner. Oh, really? you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Track, cross cross country, but I, I, yeah, I think I was always into art. Like by my senior year, I was uh, able to take like just all art classes and maybe like an english class to get oh, ready yeah. to get ready for college i had like seven art classes my uh senior year mm. it was a pretty big school there were like four thousand kids in my high school holy shit yeah it was a pretty big school what was your relationship to art at the time like uh, what, did it, what did it mean to you as, at that age man it was just always the thing i could do it was like you know i was not um I was not, like, the coolest, most popular kid, but I could, like, draw Bart Simpson. And I think like, that, that, that's a lot of story of, like, visual artists, but, like, I could draw, you know, I could, you know, they, people, kids would be like, draw this, draw that, and, and I could do that. I could bust, yeah. bust out a Garfield or, like, a duck from the far side, and then, you know, you'd be okay with the kids for that day or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> did you, and did you have an idea of, at the time of, like, this might be something beyond school that to get into i always liked storytelling and i liked making books i was always into that um like children's books i was always into making books i was huge into like comics Mm. 
you know, Calvin and Hobbes and the far side. And like I said, Garfield and all those kind of comics when I was a kid. Um, so I think I always knew I wanted to be an illustrator and a storyteller, but I didn't know what that um, was called. But I knew yeah. I wanted to like go to art school. Yeah. And did you go to Micah? I did go to Micah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went from Micah to like 2000 to 2004. Oh, wow. It was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, yeah, I went and I first started for like uh, general fine arts because yeah. I was just like, I don't need anybody. You know, I'm going to do my own assignments. I'm going to make my own curriculum. But then, so I made this like kind of irreverent fairy tale um, book and I like bound the book. I made the whole book and it was all like watercolors and illustrated. It was collage. It was really... It was really nice. It was like an art art book. And then in the critique, I would go, and then it was um, that. It, like, I would present my thing. It was general fine arts. It was just like a bucket of, of majors, I guess. And then the person next to me would be like, um, you know, different blocks of color next to each other. And then next to that would be like a nude girl inside of like a crocheted cocoon. <laughs> and you were all these artists were just standing around, and they were like, Oh, yeah, like, oh, it's great. Like, mm-hmm, keep going where you're going. And it was so frustrating. Like, nobody knew how to talk about each other's artwork. And it was just all free form. It was just general fine art. So I think I needed structure. So that's why I chose to go, like, into the illustration major. Because oh. we got, like, assignments. And it was, like, <clears throat> you know, it was more quantitative like you could be like you completed this assignment well yeah. or not you didn't ha you know you didn't have people who were making like abstract block color paintings next to like a 3d performance yeah. artist you know there's no way for these people to talk about each other's work it's weird though because isn't it like wouldn't it be the teacher's job to like find a way to but i guess it just is too big a task you would think that but i think a lot of about what art school what about what is good about art school or what i found positive about going to micah was this competition between students i felt very competitive mm. i think that's why i got a really good uh experience out of micah yeah it just like took it for all it's worth and i was really competitive with the other students and mm. um I wasn't like shy to say what I wanted to say in critiques. Like in a lot of times in these art school critiques, you put the stuff on the wall. Oh, it's good. It's great. Keep going. Even the teachers say this kind of yeah. stuff. But I would say, um, I would tell people exactly what I thought. My first impressions. You know, also the stuff I've, you know, built upon and really thought about their work. And I would tell them the truth. And sometimes that would really, I mean, People kind of thought I was an asshole. It would kind of make me a target. Mm -hmm. But I wanted people to come at me because I knew that was the only way I would honestly get proper feedback. Right. Is if I got <clears throat> these other students kind of incited, they want to say something. They want to bring something up about mine. And maybe yeah. they can't. Some weeks they couldn't, but some weeks they did. And I got yeah. that's how I got feedback. Mm. You kind of had to light them up. What kind of feedback did you want? Like Just what? honest feedback okay. more than, yeah. in, you know... What's actually, you know, people are, it, oh, I don't know, people are afraid to speak their mind. Right, and right. People are afraid to speak speak publicly, even a, in a classroom. Um, yeah, I can't imagine nowadays with even cell phones how people, like, are not paying attention to what's going on in class. But yeah. that was even happening when people were just doodling in their sketchbooks in 2000 to 2004, you know? Mm. At that time, say, early 2000s, like... Was there, like, a link between what was going on in, in Micah and, like, 
what was going on in the rest of the city as far as like music? Oh man, yeah. So freshman year, I lived in the dorm for like my first semester, yeah. and then, um, and then uh, some of the people I went to class with, literally out of the blue, I didn't really know anybody at Mikey yet. They said we. Yeah. Um, are trying to sign a lease for this warehouse. We have four people. We need the the rent is fifteen hundred. So yeah. we need five people. It'll all be three hundred each. Yeah. And um, we need one more person. Do you want to throw down? Actually, one other person on, owns uh, Hunting Ground. It's oh, Jess yeah. Solon. She was one of these people back in like yeah. the year two thousand. Do you want to throw down? And it was the copycat. It was like. F five hundred, F five hundred one. Yeah. So yeah, like right before Christmas, that first year of school, I moved into, uh, I moved into the copycat. Oh wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it was called like Section Eight at the time. There was a big eight, uh, you know, eight question ball. What are they called? Eight ball, magic eight ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a big magic eight ball painted in like a graffiti style, you know, like rave way. Yeah. On the uh, on the big freight elevator door, and there were no like particle board walls built yet. You know, we it was just like this immense, this like grocery store size space. Yeah. We were like getting in there right as they were getting in there, and uh, Dane and Nick. Oh, we're getting Dane Nestor and Nick Wisniewski were getting in there at the same time around 2000. They had a spot on like the B side or whatever. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, I lived there for five years, and then so throughout my whole art school career, yeah, I I got a job at that pizza place, Vicino's. You know, mm. first as like salad boy, then like. <laughs> pizza boy and then like grill guy and then like saute man you know like i worked there for five years the whole five years i was working at or living at the copycat yeah to kind of like to to pay my rent and rent actually got cheaper than 300 because at that point we had five at one point we had nine people living in there yeah and we were just like adding rooms on we were eventually called the yu i lived with uh nolan straws lived with me ryan compton lived with me um Actually, like Nolan, when I lived there, we had like a screen printing studio in the back. They were, um, we were always trying to rig up an exposing unit that was always constantly breaking down. But we did have hinges and tables and drying racks in like the yeah. back corner of our apartment. Okay. And uh, Nolan was one of the first person people to teach me how to screen print. Oh, so wow. yeah. yeah. We lived there. Double Dagger would practice there. Yeah, lightning, uh, lightning Bolt played there, and Wolf Eyes, and USA is a Monster. Oh, wow. Yeah, all that, yeah. It was it was, uh, it was, was awesome. It was, I feel really lucky to have lived in a crazy warehouse Yeah. in the time uh, when I'm in art school. It felt yeah. so perfect. My easel was, you know, 12 feet high and, and 6 feet across, you know what yeah. I mean? I could just pretty much do what I wanted in there. And yeah. people were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, a lot, so much art was happening, but then, like, so much new music was happening and stuff yeah. too. It was amazing. Or were you working on like posters and stuff like that all the way back then? Uh yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. I I definitely was was working on posters. I was definitely influenced by I mean, it was big shoes to fill that no one was like standing like right next to me making posters for like mm. you know, he was doing all the cool autobar posters at the yeah. white stripes poster at the time. He was doing like the Buzzcocks poster. He did the Buzzcocks poster when he was like photographing stuff like in our apartment. Like, um, it was really cool. Yeah, and I definitely, definitely was trying to get into, uh, yeah. you know, the music scene there. Um, yeah, and lots of exciting stuff was happening. Like, uh, Aesthetic Sunshine came from a painting class. 
oh, that yeah. I was in. I was in that. It's called para painting, um, and the and the the point of the show, or point of the class is in the like the first class. You form you with the other people in the in the class. You form a band, and basically, I don't know exactly who, if Dustin or Matt was at, at Micah at the yeah. time, but they formed some sort of incarnation of uh, um, Static Sunshine. And that- back then, I was in that class. I had actually gotten kicked out of that class because it was the second or third class, and, it, and this guy was like so New York artsy fartsy, <laughs> and I was just like, I was like badass, like rude dude, and uh, he was he showed. Uh, uh, some Bob Dylan movie, Don't Look Back, I yeah. think. And he was like, he's like, does it, who, uh, anybody who doesn't like Bob Dylan, raise your hand. So I was like, I raised a couple of people. And I was like, raise my, I raised my hand. He's like, see me after class. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. So he saw me after class and he's like, I just don't think you're, if you don't get Bob Dylan, you're not going to get this class. And I was like, oh, damn. He's like, I think you should drop it. But I stayed in the band. Okay. No, but I stayed in, I still stayed in, like, the art band. So the bands were to help the painting? Or did you say it, it was It was called para-painting, so, like, painting, like, parallel painting. Oh, okay. So it was, like, the persona of being a artist, a, like, rock star artist, yeah. I think was the, the kind of idea of the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, also at the same time, like, I, I was there when, uh, like, Lamb City first got there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it, like, I saw Beauty and the Beast, where, oh, like, yeah. I think Dan was wearing a diaper, and then, like, this topless girl was, like, swinging her titties around like it was it was really it was really inspiring when they got there because things were happening in baltimore but kind of here and there it wasn't like a combining force to everything and then i and then like dan started showing up yeah and it, it would be this guy with a card table and all this stuff taped together and he would be giving these huge, long like soliloquy like abstract stories in between he'd be like Patrick Swayze is wearing a trench coat and he opens the right side of it and it's like Garfield on this side and then 10,000 Odies come out of this side. <laughs> and then he would play like some portion of like a really amazing, amazing like pop, but punk, but electronic crazy song that yeah. I'd never he- kind of heard this kind of stuff before. But then it would like break and he'd be nervous and, and that would make it like so real. So um, it was this, like, really new thing that was so exciting that was happening. It was also, like, so accessible. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an exciting time. I, yeah, and I did, I, uh, I don't think, I don't think Wham City ever asked me to do any posters for any of that stuff. But um, I kind of wanted to be a part of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did do a lot of posters for that stuff. You Because you did the Wartscape poster. One year, right? I did the I did the po- posters a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they might have was... asked. They might have asked me to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's it like to be the guy that does the posters? Did, like, I was wondering if dudes get tired of a million emails being. Like, I, I don't. I don't. I would love to get asked to do more posters. Yeah, I have yeah. to make my own projects, and I guess. Um, yeah, I I actually really love doing the posters. Yeah, I think a poster. You know, like Facebook and everything, people are making like digital flyers and, and that's fine. There's more like more 
liars than ever, but I think when you make a poster, when you sit down and you grind it out and make a poster, it creates just like a physical document. Yeah. It's like a magic ticket. It's like, this thing is happening. It's like yeah. a real flyer. It makes it so real. Totally. Um, yeah, that's why I like doing it. And like, it is my, I, I feel like I've always wanted to be like musical. I wanted to be in a band, it, but the, you know, I, that's not my thing. I just don't get it. I can't understand like the songwriting process. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I, uh, it's like the hardest thing for me to understand. It's just like, and um, but don't you write songs when you perform for kids? Yeah, yeah, and I do like singing and performing like yeah. karaoke, and I know like tons of pop songs on my guitar. So when I write songs, I kind of just mimic chord progressions yeah. from from that kind of stuff. Maybe that's what people do anyway totally <laughs> yeah 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 but but making the posters is my contribution to the music world yeah, yeah. and i hope that like by giving that that little bit of importance it helps the scene as as much as it can in yeah that way totally yeah i like doing it too it's 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 gratifying for me making multiples is something i'm obsessed with mm. creating same thing, like over and over, nice yeah. products. Not not products like I'm money hungry, like I want to sell these things. Right. Even if I give them out for free, like the screen print, like any screen print, just like to have gifts or have items. Yeah. It's <laughs> something I'm uh, like obsessed with. So I like creating these documents of the shows. Yeah. So you go to Micah and you kind of, and do you, like, do you feel like you, come out of it like a lot better like you know you know a lot more what you're doing yeah 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 i don't think like i i definitely didn't come out ready and knowing that i was what job i was gonna do yeah they don't set you up with a, a, a cool job i know right. I, like a bunch of my classmates kind of just like stayed and then they stayed in grad school and then you can like hang around and oh, like yeah. ta and then kind of like stay there and like start <laughs> to get paid right to be there and eventually be like the tech person, then you have a, a couple classes. I know you can do that. Yeah. But I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And, and like back in 2004 when I graduated, the cool thing to do was like to move to Brooklyn. Right. I know it's like 10 years later after right. that, right, and it's right, like right. Brooklyn is the number one most expensive place in the world to live. But yeah. back then it was like when hipsters were going to New York to do this thing. Yeah. So it was a big thing for artists to go up there, but I just like didn't want to do that. Yeah. I had like, you know, I I liked what was going here and people who I respected were sticking up for Baltimore. Right. You right. know what I mean? People like Nolan and Dan, they were like this is where we're going to be working. Right. And um I keep bringing up Nolan and Dan, but they're yeah. they're two people that I think that I'll always be motivated by. Mm. They're two people who I think that will always be a little bit above me of, of how good they are at the thing they do. Mm. It's always something to aspire to. Yeah. But there's a bunch of people in Baltimore like that. Totally. That's one of the reasons why I love it here. Yeah. In Baltimore, what do you decide to do? Oh, when I graduated, I started a t-shirt company. I had Squidfire yeah. for seven years here in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what yeah. That that's like? what I did instead. Um, I, um, they, I mean, it was good for a long time. Uh... It was good for a long time. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. I mean, the um, it's hard to go into business with friends. Okay. It didn't turn out yeah. well. Uh, you know, money-wise, emotionally-wise, 
artistic-wise, you know, eventually, long story short, like, I was kind of pushed out of Squidfire, and some legal stuff happened where my artwork was still being used without my permission. So I kind of had to... I mean, it was like, it was like a whole thing. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk yeah. bad about anybody, but it's, it's hard to be in business with your friends. It's hard to be in business at all with like multiple wars and recessions going on. Yeah. It's hard to be in business when you're the only laborer and like your body physically, I got like carp, I was ridden with carpal tunnel from screen printing. Yeah. Tens and tens and thousands of shirts all the mm. time. Um, it was a lot of work. It was the most gratifying when it went well and it was beyond devastating when it didn't yeah and you you guys had two different like uh, not at the same time but you had two different like storefronts yeah 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 we had the old atomic books in hamden and we there was also a store that was much much less involved in in uh in fells point yeah does it still exist no uh recently no it had been for for a while yeah but i mean it is it is uh it, you know, it is a little devastating when something you create goes under like that. And I actually moved to West Virginia for like a year to live with Liz, oh, yeah. Liz King. I lived on her farm yeah. with like Sarah Autry lived there at the time. Kevin O'Mara lived there at the time. Um, Jeff and Lizzie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lived there. And um, yeah, we lived, we had like goats and like 20 or 30 chickens and dogs and cats and all kinds of stuff. I worked at Liz's restaurant, the Blue Moon. Oh, wow. So I needed to, after Squidfire like uh, fell apart, after that situation fell apart, I definitely needed to get out of town for a little bit. You know. To just like clear my head. Yeah. You know, get away from the, the, the situation, you know. Um, and I think when I can't, when I can't, you know, there was still a little bit of legal stuff going on. There was still a much, like a, some resent, definite anger and resentment going on mm. when I left. But at a certain point, I had, I had bought a house earlier, much, like when I was younger, or, you know, in 2008, um, when things were, were going really well. So I still had a house here while I was living with Liz in, in Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Oh, wow. So in two, like January 2012, I came back from living in West Virginia and I just decided to just like let go of that stuff. Like mm. just drop it, like yeah. forgive whoever. And you know, that's a body of work that I was like super proud of that I worked on for like seven years and like did hundreds of images and put like everything into, but like, you know, whatever I do tomorrow is going to be better than that body of work anyway. Yeah. And so, like, if you want to use that stuff, or that's that's on you. And if you want to do try to duplicate me, you're not going to be able to. Mm. What I got coming up next is better Yeah. than that body of work. So yeah. when I came back in 2012, I was just like, I'm going to be as positive as I can possibly be from here on out. Mm. You know, and I'm just going to let go of those, like, kind of negative things. That's a thing of the past and just move on. Yeah. I've always been like really kind of fascinated by Shepherdstown just because it I feel like it's kind of become like a vacation spot for like Baltimore. Yeah. Artists yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Totally. Like, like what, was, what was it like living out there? Oh, I, I mean, 
man, it, it it was really amazing. Yeah, it, it's 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 a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place. People have you know, I rode my bike. We had this beautiful like five mile like rolling hills to work every morning yeah. and then i worked in in the blue moon kitchen it was like a bunch of hippies who were all friends and we all like joked around and listened to like ween and 311 were super chill and yeah like i said like kevin would milk the goats and like try to make cheese out of it and we'd yeah. get like go in in the in the hen house get some eggs and like crack them on some like weird garbage souffle we made from like the food line dumpster that we're like yeah. making on top of the uh wood burning stove <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and kevin has like little holes in the walls and like little tracks on the ceiling so his cat can like kind of walk on this his own little track and <laughs> he's constantly like putting hand chip tiles into the smallest locations of the bath you know what i <laughs> yeah, mean he's yeah. like just working all the time um yeah liz liz was amazing to have us all out there it was really like a magical yeah. experience and she was like liz was definitely like mother hen of all yeah. the of all the people that were living out there she was doing so much at that time all this time are, are you kind of picturing what you'll do when you get back i did a book while i was out there oh cool for a Korean company, but other than that, I think I was just living on a farm, yeah. like going to the Susquehanna River and, you know, going on bike rides, going spelunking or going in the woods and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I think I, I guess I needed some time after yeah. one, pro one project that I'd been working on so long and so hard mm. kind of like fell apart on my end. Yeah. Like the whole time I'd been still making children's books, I was I had a uh, I had a children's book contract for Penguin Books back then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just just like two years coming out of college, I was at a uh, small press expo, and I had some of my zines on the table in New yeah. York City. And the editor from Penguin at the time bought all my zines, my photocopied zines, and she emailed me. And had me in, and it took a long, it took a long time, and I've like uh, like talked about it before. It took it took a long time of pitching, but I finally got one. It got one in, and then it did really well. Biggest, I'm the biggest thing in the ocean. Yeah. Did really well. It got on like Oprah's book club list oh, online. Shit. It like won Publishers Weekly and like couple awards. My first book, so they signed me on for a five book contract. And what what year was that? 2006 that's crazy okay I so and i was, I was also was, 24 yeah this was kind of one of those things where you spend the advance check before tax time comes up yeah you know that was it was like a learning experience because i was okay. like you know what 24 yeah when i got that first like advance it was weird it was but now i'm much much better with <laughs> cool, sent cool. my quarterlies in this year tax mm. time's coming up like the way you, now you have kind of like a live set that you do for kids. Have you been doing that since, for, since back then? Uh, brain bear, this thing where I put on a brain yeah. head, brain bear, oh, no, a bear head, not a brain head, <laughs> a bear head, and then sing songs. It comes from just me. Uh, I I know like I know like the Backstreet Boys songs. You know, uh, Taylor, all the Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. I know all these songs yeah. on my guitar. Because I just listen to, like, 104.3 and, like, 106.5. I like, like pop. I like to stay 
knowing about like pop music. So and I like singing these songs. Yeah. So Brain Bear would be this act where I'm like busking on the street or doing it more like a comedy act, singing like Lady Gaga songs, wearing a bear head. Yeah. And then I learned some kitty songs when my friend, who I know through my tattoo artist, opened up a preschool. And she said, I need performers to perform in this preschool. So I kind of learned bear jokes, like, what do you care- call a bear? Got caught in the rain. A drizzly bear. Like, I had no all the bear. I know every bear. There's not that many bear jokes. I didn't know all the bear jokes. Because I was doing it for, like, a preschool. Yeah. But now, I, what I do when I do assemblies is I'll do, I actually do Wham City as the first song. And then okay. it, just just like the first yeah. part, you know, there is a mountain of snow. And sometimes I make the kids clap, you know, yeah. like or stomp their feet. And th- then they're like, what? This is weird. And then I play Meet the Animals, um, M-E-A-T, the animals. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, this is, I'm in. Yeah. And then I take the bear head off. And then I do like a, a PowerPoint presentation on how like, like what I liked and when I was a kid, yeah, you know, like Calvin and Hobbes, Far Side, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Shel Silverstein, Maury Sendak. I talk about like my influences, yeah, Roald Dahl, Quentin Blake, and then I take them through like the process a little bit mm. of um, the books that I have out, like how it starts with this idea, you present it to the publisher. They like some of it. They don't like other. Then you put another draft yeah. out. You rework this draft. That's the message I'm trying to get through on this tour. Right. Since my book, my The Yeti Files, yeah. Meet the Big Feet, came out in um, September, that's been this tour of showing how many drafts it takes and kind of like getting it into their minds that like my editor now is to what my teacher was when I was in school. Yeah, They're just adding. They're just changing the language. They're just like pushing you towards a place where you're going to be your best. And that's like basically what my editor does now. Yeah. 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 How do you start a children's book? Do you start with like the concept or? Um, I guess I, I guess for me, it's been the character. Yeah. I, I, I try to find like when I drew, did the biggest thing in the ocean, I had been drawing a squid a lot. It was common in my artwork yeah. at that time. And for the Yeti files, um, it's a character I'd been working on for a really long time that I knew people had responded well to for, for a long time. And I tell this in my like school assembly. Yeah. But for a few drafts, it was, it was called Betty the Yeti. And it was a girl. And it was just because it rhymed. Betty yeah. the Yeti. You know, and then she got, it was kind of in that stage, it was going to be like a frog and toter, you know, frog and toter friends. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that like hazy, nice drawing. It was going to be more like that. And frog and toter or, or friends is like kind of, a, a, a bunch of little short stories that combine to tell, like, a pleasing whole story. Yeah. So the Yeti Files was going to be, like, a short thing like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I kept doing a Betty the Yeti and presenting it to them and presenting it to them. And they're like, no, no, they just, like, didn't, didn't get it. And it wasn't until I made Betty the Yeti a guy, like, gave it my voice, but, like, combined it with, like, S- Steve Irwin and, like, Steve Carell and yeah. me. And then gave it a cool name, like Blizz Richards, and put like a cool like khaki vest on him. Yeah. And then like once he had my voice, once I could talk like Blizz Richards, then like the whole book just like opened up. Okay. And I was like, I was able to write a lot of it. Okay. Are you still with Penguin Books? Um, my last book with Penguin was Turtle Island, which came out this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They just combined with Random House. Okay. So they're this huge corporation. Yeah. So... 
I would definitely put stuff out with them, but they haven't accepted any of the stuff I have been pitching them yeah. for this whole year. Uh, but my contract that I have right now is with Scholastic for oh, the Yeti cool. files for like oh, this wow. um, for the Yeti files, yeah, um, which is like the series that I have out with Scholastic right now. Okay, this came, this Yeti files make the big feet came out September two thousand fourteen, and then Yeti files Monsters on the Run is the next one. It's it's like red. Oh, nice. It comes out September twenty fifteen. Comes yeah. out this year. And then the third one, Yeti Files, Attack of the Kraken, comes out June 2016. Okay. So I'm getting like a little series going on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I can imagine, you know, I know what the music world is like. I kind of know what like the like art world is kind of like, but the children's art world, like, what's it like? Do you, do you like know other people that are in it? Well, now, like, yeah, now I do. Yeah. Like, um, when I was on my last book with Penguin, I was like, oh, I have no more contracts coming. I better yeah. get an agent. Yeah. So I signed on with my agent, who was actually a, my designer for the first book that was really successful. Okay. She had resigned from Penguin, and she became her own independent artist rep. So I got a, an agent. Yeah. And so, yeah, working with her, uh, I, I've get, gotten to know a bunch of illustrators. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you just have to go to, like, some of the same, like, industry parties. So I guess I know some yeah. some artists now. But it's I guess it's a little bit less like uh, musicians know each other because you're, like, at kind of, like, you're performing and you're, like, standing right, together. Right, right. Like, when, when, like, artists are performing, they're, like, hunched over their desk, like, w- watching The Sopranos in the background, yeah, yeah, like, with, a, with one of those, like, desk lights like, on their head, you know? <laughs> so, oh, yeah, but, like, doing these assemblies and book fairs, I've, I've definitely, and they'll put you on panels with people, yeah. and then you become Twitter friends with them. Like, my Twitter, I can't post stuff like, you know, like, F you, Taco Bell, for not giving me a Crunchwrap <laughs> at 11.04. Like, you can't say that anymore, because my whole Twitter feed is, like, full of teachers and librarians right, now. Because, right. like, you know, between all the social medias... All the teachers and librarians love Twitter because it's like the word one, right? Like right, the right. Liter- literary one. Yeah. So my Twitter feed is just all—it's like can't be anything but books because it's just all like librarians. Yeah, and you have to maintain a a public persona for kids as well, too, right? Like, yeah, like you—you you like I, I've seen before on Facebook, you put up like fan mail and stuff like that yeah 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 is that is that like fun to interact with kids in that way um yeah 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 it is it is um it is really fun it it it, it, it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome um yeah it definitely when i was in third grade one of the assignments was to write to your favorite author and like kids in the class wrote to like rl stein or like beverly cleary or whatever but i i don't know if you remember but there was an illustrator for roald Dahl. he did like fantastic mr fox and the twits mm. and big friendly giant his name was uh quentin blake okay he kind of did those scratchy line drawings with those beautiful watercolors in the yeah. background and i just loved him i loved maury sendek and shell silverstein and kind of like ralph steadman even back then but yeah. like I loved Quentin Blake, so when I was in third grade, I wrote to him. 
said, like, you're, I don't know what I wrote, said, you're my favorite illustrator or whatever. Or I probably didn't even know the word il- illustrator back then, yeah. but my favorite artist, I love these books. And he sent me a letter back, and I still have this today. Oh, yeah, It's, yeah. like, my f- favorite thing. So, yeah, I try to, like, when they when they write me, I always send them something back. Yeah. Always send them something back. Um, and I don't know. At this point, I felt like, like when, I'm perf- when I'm, like, performing, doing these assemblies, and when I'm... Um, Telling these kids the, the lessons in the assembly, it seems like I should just be r- right there. It seems like that's what I should be doing. Like, yeah. f- feeling it when I'm doing it in the yeah. moment. And all the kids' eyes are looking at me. I try to, like, get this... I, I think I'm, like, in this kind of thing where I'm, like, I can relate to them, but I'm, like, also, like, a dominant male. So they're, like, fascinated, and I'm getting all their eyes. Mm. Do you know what I... At the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, I don't know. Um... Yeah, I like going out and doing schools and, like, actually doing programs with kids and stuff. Like, say, when you got back to Baltimore, like, you were saying you let Squidfire kind of just kind of forgot about it. And then, then, like, you had new, better stuff on the horizon, like... Oh, man, I guess I was really just trying to get this... Like, when I... Like I said, when I came back to Baltimore, it was, like, January 2012. Yeah. And I was like, um, you know, I'm going to let all this negative energy go and by may 2012 i had got this book yeah accepted so it was just like it was just like letting go some of that stuff that i'd been holding you know and then when i was able to let go of that stuff just like even five months later i got this contract Mm. to start on this yeti files journey yeah you know it just started with this one book but then i'm now i'm doing there's going to be three books yeah. So it was, you know, maybe holding on to the negative energy of Squidfire and the failure of that, like, mm. was keeping me from doing this, yeah, this yeah. new project. Totally. Um, and also, like, honestly, there was only a couple years when I didn't, there's only like maybe two years out of the 15 years I've been in Baltimore that I hadn't worked in a kitchen. And yeah. I only stopped working in a kitchen full-time September this year. Yeah. And I don't know, man. It's like tax time soon. Like, I might have to start working in the kitchen. Yeah. April 21st. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I might... I, I don't know how it's going to go. I already sent yeah. in some money, but I'm, like, self-employed. I'm sure you know, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know how bad they're going to hit me this year. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that also filled up a lot of my time. Yeah, uh, I I like doing the um, I like doing the morning shift like six to two. Mm. It, like restaurant is the thing I can do. Yeah, you know that was the thing in art school that I could do immediately to get money, and then I did it so long that I'm like halfway decent at it. So like you can get a job, but it was really hard when I got back to Baltimore. It was really hard to get a job for a long time. Mm. I think it like took me five months to even get a kitchen job. Yeah, and then uh, actually I met Ed Schrader. Well, I we had I had known Ed Schrader like the whole time he'd been here. We kind of like crossed paths, crossed scenes. Like I was yeah. like, always crossing paths with Wham City guys. But like Ed was a little bit like in Wham City, a little outside of Wham yeah. City at the same time. And um, yeah, he actually started working. I got him a job at the same like shitty cafe that I was working at. He needed a job between tours, and we started working in like this really crappy deli in the bottom floor of the Alex Brown Building downtown. Oh, wow. And that was, like, the start of, like, this, uh, like, renaissance friendship that we've been having with, like, Pasta the Gathering, Cats on the Lake. Um, We're actually working on a a, uh, animation for Cartoon Network right now. When he he was on tour in Atlanta, he met with uh, 
adult, adult Swim people. Yeah. And I think it went really well. For a family affair? For a family affair. Yeah. I, I feel like you could probably do this, but I'm not sure. Could you tr- try to break down what a family affair is? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A family affair would just uh, a family affair has this is this recording. It's this audio, uh, it's this audio s- sitcom. It's this audio drama that he's been recording. First, it was into a tape recorder. Now it's into his iPhone of this family that he grew up with in Utica. Now he was friends the 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 son in the story he was friends with, and he's similarly aged with the son Andy. And then yeah. the son Andy has two parents, Joanne and Ken. And Joanne is like the matriarch of the family. And then Ken is like the weak father. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> if you say so. And then Andy's like, Andy's like, oh, guess you guys hate me. I'm a real piece of garbage. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Joanne's like the, the Roseanne type in the show. And then um, David Bowie. Who is not like rock star David Bowie? He's still David Bowie, acts like David Bowie, but they could care less. Yeah. Like Andy and Joanne and Ken, they could really care less that it's David Bowie. He's actually speaks like David Bowie, but he's more like Kramer coming right. in the scene, messing everything up, borrowing things, not giving it back. Yeah. Um, and Ed does all the voices for this, like right. right after another. Not he doesn't record everything, all of Joanne's and then all of Ken's. No, it's. Joanne, then Ken, and then yeah, and then Andy. <laughs> that, that blew my mind when I realized that because I was listening for a long time before I. He pointed out to me, he's like, "Yeah, I just do this on the way to work." And so, like, he, yeah, he just has like a pocket recorder. Yeah, and then I listened again. I was like, "Oh yeah, you can hear like cars." Yeah, <laughs> zooming oh, the, by. yeah, <laughs> cars zooming by. Yeah, totally, totally. I yeah, it's it is. It's hard to listen to until he like explained it to me. And like we, you, you know, it took a long time for me to understand what was going on. But once I got it, it was, it was, it was brilliant. I mean, we would like, yeah. he, and he would sit there and he would tell me like, okay, Joanne's speaking now, right? Ken's speaking now, and Joanne looks like this. Yeah. And he, he spent so many hours like explaining to me what's going on. But now I am like, I'm right there. Yeah. I'm right there. And it's like the perfect, um, you know, it's right in the vein of like Simpsons and, and Family Guy and King of the Hill. Right, it's very right. like working class, like. Roseanne, like matriarchal, like how a lot of families are. The son is still living at home. Yeah. And then, you know, it's got like real sat with David Bowie. It's got real satire in it. (laughs) So have you, I I know you've posted a couple like previews, but like, uh, are you like currently working on getting these full episodes going? Yeah, 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 yeah. We are. He met, he just met with them and um, we have, New episodes that we haven't shown anybody yet because yeah. we just showed Ad- Adult Swim last week. Yeah, so we'll be we'll be showing those really soon. Um, yeah, they're pretty good. And then I think we're gonna work on something longer for uh, Adult Swim to be on the wow. air. The yeah. things we gave them were like examples yeah. of how the shows are gonna go. Yeah, yeah, man, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> it's like Ed, I, you know, I think me and Ed are such great friends. Um, you know, he. He he's like a, a brilliant guy. He's like an idea man. He's got so many ideas, but I think people like look at him like Gilbert Godfrey. Like he's like just has this like maybe one thing, but like he just needs someone to. He needs like an enforcer to help mm. him get these ideas across. Right, right. And the ideas are amazing. Cats in the Lake, Class of the Gathering. Um, I mean, that's why I've helped him instigate all these ideas. Yeah. Help, I, help him like 
get these ideas through. How, where did the idea for Cats in the Lake come from? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it was just some, <laughs> it was just a fake flyer yeah. he made in like 2006. I guess the idea of Cats in the Lake was he believe. I guess what I'm saying is the project of Cats in the Lake is that he believes in it so much. Like, do I believe in it or did I? I can't say 100% yes, but I believe that Ed believes it, and then that's what it is. Yeah. It's like how much he believes in it, that it's a thing, makes it so real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, honestly, like, if like you... Like, he was just like, this has to go. This worldwide. has to. He, yeah. He's like, this has to be up. He's like, this will be in every Spencer's across. He's like, this is going to be an 18 by 24 poster in every Spencer's. It's going to be the highest selling poster of all time. <laughs> like, this, And he, he 100% believes that. And so I believe it too. Yeah. You know, the conviction is there. Yeah. Convic and honestly, it is. It's got that It's got that thing. You don't know why you like it. But people will like, I'll wear any shirt and people won't say anything. But you'll be in a grocery store wearing a Cats in the Lake and people will be like, what's going on there? You know, yeah. like to random people are like, you know, I've been staring at your shirt for so many minutes and can you just explain this yeah we don't i guess i don't want to go off too much on explaining all these different <laughs> projects but um but i didn't get to ask ed about it what is pasta the gathering exactly um pasta the gathering ed prides himself on making an amazing tomato sauce he yeah. said you know uh, explained to me by Ed, Utica has like an Italian-American population, but they have their own kind of special, you know, brand of how their Italian yeah. food is. And he he says he makes an he makes an he does he makes an amazing meat sauce. Yeah. So and then he became very uh, he came in really good friends with the guys who own Soups On. They even sponsored the Ed Schrader show a couple times. And they were closed on Sunday, so somehow Ed got them to um, uh, get get them to loan us the kitchen for like a re rent it out from yeah. a very small fee, and we decided we would have like a three course pasta meal. Uh, Ed's girlfriend has an urban farm like right. right off North Ave, so we used her greens for a sal for the salad, and then we would have. Pot, you know, I think we would have an appetizer. We'd make like some stromboli or something. Give yeah. some, some like some appetizer, and then uh, give a nice pasta course with Ed's sauce yeah. for fifteen bucks. It was pretty fun. It was good, and I would help Ed cook. Yeah. And then Ed would wait tables until we realized like Ed just needs to be like the like the um, Robert De Niro walking around. <laughs> and so we like hired a waitress and, and like, I, you know, I, we would, we would cook the food together and put it out. Yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty fun. It ended, it went well through like, went well through like early winter and the spring. And then it went to, I, I remember our, the last one we did was in July. And I think it was like a hundred degrees. <laughs> like the night we planned to do it, it was like a hundred degrees. Mm. Nobody wants spaghetti and meatballs. And 100 degrees. So, obviously, me and Ed just, like, moved on to whatever mm. other project we were working on. Yeah. Do you got another another one coming up? What? For, for Pasta the Gathering? No. Or, no. Nah. He just, like, uh, he makes sauce for when they do parties at the compound. When oh, okay. they do those pizzas. Yeah. He makes sauce for that. Cool, cool. <laughs> well, is there anything else coming up that you want to mention? Um, I'll be at the puppets. I'll be at the. I, I do a lot of Black Cherry Puppet Theater shows. There's a uh, Puppet Slam March seventh. Um, Yeti Files two. Uh, Monsters on the Run is out uh, September. 
yeah. two, uh, this year, 2015. So I got a bunch of books that I'm working on. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks again to Kevin. We'll see you next week.